0: Good morning. Uh, Excited to be here? Yeah, it's an exciting time, isn't it? It is. We're going to do a couple things different today. Uh, I'm doing a PowerPoint presentation through my teaching. Pray for me. I'm a rookie at this. But they gave me one of these pointers. And so if anybody boos, I'm going to point at you. So carefully, it'll go smooth. It'll be great. Um, A lot to get through today. And I just want to take a deep breath and and say that... um, it's, it's, it's a privilege and it's an honor to be able to uh, lead, lead a family, lead a marriage, lead uh, f- my, my grandkids now uh, at any capacity. And um, I hear as I'm talking to people their concerns of what's going on in the world. A lot of people are asking that question. I like last week, Matt Mayer was like, it's not what's going on in the world, it's what's going on in the word, right? Let's line ourselves up with God's word. So I count this a, a deep privilege. And... Um, I want to bring some things. and I want some visual aid as well. Um, I think it'll just help. It'll help us take a deep breath and just go, okay, God is absolutely in control. There's never a time when he's not, amen? Amen. So that's part of it as well. And then in in a couple of weeks, not this Wednesday night, but the following Wednesday night, um, we have a a pastor's conference in town and many uh, friends of our church, many that have taught here are going to be here as well. And I asked them, if they would come out, it's going to be on um, November 8th. So you can mark that on your calendars right now or write it on your hand or whatever you want to do. Wednesday night, November 8th. And I asked them, I said, let's just panel however many we have. Our church has questions. And I don't want to just be random, but I want to have a couple of categories. And you could email these questions in all week or call them in, however you want to get it to this panel. But I want to do it under the framework of um, what are the greatest challenges facing the church? In America right now and that'd be a great thing just to have pastors from around America go this is what we're seeing in our area this is what we're seeing in our churches and then what should be second question what should be the role of the church in face of all of these challenges so I just thought it'd be good we're gonna throw it out to them and and any questions that you have that's not this Wednesday night but that's the the following Wednesday night so um, I really love to see us get out here and and as a church uh, collectively hear what they have to say and be praying about that as well. I think it'll be very, very, very important. This morning, uh, I'm going to be going through uh, a couple of things, but I'm going to go through this first, God's plan for Israel in the end times. And as I, I get to that, I want you to know it's, um, it's just part two. Prayerfully, we finished today, but I think we got part three coming. Um, when we take trips uh, as a church to Israel, we go every two years. In those first meetings, we'll pull people together. Some of you have been there, and we, we sit down, and I'm like, all right, how many have ever been to Israel? And usually myself, Lori, another hand goes up, and there's all these people that have never yet been to Israel. And their questions are, are grounded in so many different things. I don't want to get into all that, but just travel questions and safety questions, and then we do get to some biblical questions, but we often want to get to the significance of Israel. Why are we going there? Why aren't we going to France? Why aren't we going to England? Why aren't we going to Hawaii? We're going to Israel. And I, I realize that the more... I take this serious. We have four meetings per year. We have eight meetings. And we, we, we do talk about the details. I want them to know where they're going. I want them to know the significance of Israel in God's eyes, in light of God's word. But even as we're just talking, I'm trying to whet their appetite because there's a day when we're going to get on a plane and we're going. And I find that the interest... Of these people it grows We might start out with a hundred people but all are on the interest list but we begin to consider the cost the challenge the issues that are involved with travel and and people were like I'm not so interested they don't show up at the meetings but those who continue to show up man their questions deepen they get more excited they they've invested in it now and they're they're getting ready to go and they they can't wait for the day they actually believe the day is like coming the day before they go. And I was thinking about it this week that these studies through the book of Revelation, there's it, it a correlation. It's almost like that's what we're doing as it relates to heaven. There's this greater anticipation. The more we learn, there's some people like, ah, that's so not for me. I don't want to hear that stuff. They don't show up, they don't tune in. But those that are interested in going to heaven, that are invested, man, they're, they're, they're like bringing notes like never before. I went to shake hands with a lady this morning, just, hey, how you do it, And she, she had a pen, a highlighter, all the lipstick, her dog's leash, everything in one hand. You know, it's was like, here. The dog's leash wasn't there. But my point is, she was ready. She was anticipating, God's going to speak to me today. And I know where I'm going. And I pray that as we're here, that, that, that it's the Lord, it's the Spirit of God, and it's the Word of God, and it's the love of God for us, his people, and for the lost that is drawing us together. And that you take this to heart. God has a, an incredible plan for us as his people. And as I closed off last week in part one, just going through what Paul would have said in Romans chapter 11, do you know that there were those in the early church who had written off Israel? You go through chapter 11 and you're like, whoa. Whoa. Paul was like, God's not done with the nation of Israel, and he gave himself as a converted Jew as a great example. And he walked through and he began to talk about, oh yeah, there's a blindness in part, but also he's cut back the olive tree as a symbol of Israel. He didn't cut it down, he cut it down to the stump and he grafted in. Raise your hand if you're a non-Jew in this room. You're born again, if you're born again, and I know it's complicated, You're saved, and you're not a Jew. Raise your hand. Look around. Up high. Come on. All right. Put them down. We are the wild olive branch that's been grafted in. And there's a time that God is working. The grace of God poured out upon the Gentiles. He is not done with the nation of Israel. And that nation has a significance in the eyes of God, in the word of God. Our Savior was born a Jew, lived a Jew, and died a Jew. Our Savior's coming back to that piece of soil called Israel amen Amen. so this is all very very important stuff and what is going on right now I believe many Bible scholars I'm not putting myself up with them but guys who know the word of God way more than me you're like man I think we're right there our redemption draws an eye and that's what's going on in the world and that's what we see is going on in the word and so I wanna bring you hope this morning. I wanna bring you encouragement this morning. I don't know how far we're going to get. Uh, I'll try and be timing my slides with what I'm saying and all of that. I uh, worked fairly well in the first service. But before we start our, our Bible study on the nation of Israel and the, the plan of God with the nation of Israel in the end times, um, I wanted to, to take a moment and be faithful with a prayer that I said that I would extend to one of our friends. Um, You might know him as Mike Johnson. He was a congressman from Louisiana. Um, This last week he uh, was elected to become the Speaker of the House. And um, Mike Johnson right here, that's him being sworn in. That's him. If you didn't watch his first speech to uh, the the floor there, he carried up a very worn-out Bible. And he put it on the podium. And uh, that would be the Bible he'd be sworn in on. Um, But I bring you this request to pray with me right now based on a a trip that I had. That's his family there, Kelly and the kids. Um, That's me back in January with Bob Tyler uh, to my right, Jim Stewart to my left. And um, in January, uh, we were invited to go back and be part of a a National Day of Prayer, uh, a prayer of reconciliation for our nation. It was a big event. And we were able to meet with uh, some, of the, some of our congressmen, some of our senators for a few days. And um, just so you know, I'm not connected, I'm not that guy, I'm not name dropping, none of that. I don't have a name to drop. But, uh, but uh, you know, there's guys that go back there and they are the who's who's. And then they sometimes they invite the who's he. So when I go on the who's he, who's that guy? So I was fortunate enough to meet uh, Mike. He's a good friend. He practiced law with Bob Tyler who teaches here, who will be out here in the next few weeks. Um, and we spent some time with him, um, because of Mike's, uh, relationship with Bob. I was invited to a dinner that night, uh, where I met Congressman Mike Johnson and listened to him for about, uh, for a long period of time. And when I was about halfway through the meal, I looked at him and I says, you know, I would love for you to come to our church one day and just teach the word of God. Cause you've got a good handle on it, brother. He loves Jesus. He loves his wife. He loves marriage. He's pro Israel. He's pro Jesus, man. <laughs> and, uh. And and he's just a good guy. And uh, over the last few weeks when his name was being floated around, I was texting Bob and Bob was texting Mike and he was asking us to pray. Well, that request came a little more intense once he became Speaker of the House. And there are a lot of uh, pro-choice people and people who don't love Jesus Christ that have a lot of negative things to say about our good friend Mike Johnson. But I think it would be very important right now for him to know that we gathered on the Sunday following his being sworn in, and we we went to Jesus on His behalf, and we prayed for a brother in Christ who's now speaker of the house. Let's pray. Lord, we uh, we thank you for Mike and all that uh, he has been to you. We we pray for him and Kelly and the, the kids and their safety. We pray, Lord, that um, you would you would guard Mike's heart against all the naysayers and those that oppose him and the onslaught of negative things that. The opponents of Christ have to say about him. We ask that you give him wisdom to navigate these trying times for our nation. For such a a hostile environment as Washington, D.C. can be for blood-bought, redeemed Christians, salt and light, followers of Jesus. We pray for him and we pray, man, you would just give him favor with his colleagues on the hill. We pray that you would use him mightily to advance righteousness in our nation. And throughout the world, we pray this for your glory and in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Continue to pray for Mike, prayerfully. Uh, maybe one day we'll, uh, we'll get him on the phone. But there we are in, in Washington, uh, hanging out with him, and that's his old office. Uh, we were praying for him there, and uh, just a good guy. So, God's plan for the nation of Israel. I'm going to, I don't know how far we're going to get. I want to start off with a phone call. You guys have had uh, the pleasure of meeting and listening to Yuval Shaqued, who is a Messianic Jew. Him and his wife, Ruth, have stayed with us. Uh, Me and myself, uh, me and myself, that would be two of me. (laughs) (laughs) What did I say, Lance? What you said, (laughs) Wes? Lori's like, you only do that at home. Uh, In the mirror. Yuval and myself, have paneled up here and uh, really walk through the history, the significance of Israel. Um, he's borne his heart and his soul to us as one that is living there. And so I'm going to call him right now. But um, I spoke with he and his pastor, uh, Meadow, this morning. And uh, we've been praying for them, the resources that have been coming in. We've been sending to their cause, to their church. And, um, uh, he, you know, Minnow, they were they were dropping off some stuff to some soldiers. They have they have 31 young people from their church that are uniformed up and on the front lines and they're going in. You're going to see the reason I'm walking through this in pictorial form today is I want you to get a visual of what Israel is like and what they're going to be facing this week and um, and to, to be able to pray uh, effectively and fervently. The effected, fervent prayer of the righteous uh, establishes and, and, and it just, God, God honors our heart when we're, we're serious about our praying. It avails much. But as I talked to Minnow as a pastor, we were, we were on a FaceTime and it wasn't the face of a pastor, it was the face of a dad. And he says, we, we've gathered cakes and cookies, all the moms, 31 people from our church. If we did the math, that'd be like three or 400 of our young ones here. And so today, all of the cell phones of our young ones were taken. They're, they're going into battle. They're soldiers going into battle. And he looked at me as a dad. And he thanked me this morning with heavy eyes, with a heavy face, heavy heart. Thank the people of Calvary La for praying. Thanks for sending assistance. We just dropped off all of what moms wanted their kids to have. Some just things that soldiers need. And we don't know if we'll see him again. And so that's what just, I came with a heavy heart this morning and and just wanting to uh, share my heavy heart with you and get us to pray um, together. But let me see if I can get um, Yuval here on the phone and we'll have just a quick moment with him. It takes a while to connect. How are you, Yuval? You there? I'm here. All right. Well, good evening, Uh, church. Can we say Shalom. All right, that's uh, the second service. These are the people that are awake. And These are the people that this morning, they told me I can go for three hours, Yuval. How's that? It's very gracious, huh? <laughs> that's a blessing. The visitors here are looking at me. They folded their arms, and they've just walked out. But um, all just uh, in a couple of minutes, could you share with our, our church family as they're listening here and online, um, just, just what's going on and how we can pray.
1: Um, it's it's not it's tough. That's uh, that's how can I put it in one word? Because I well, some of you uh, know me and Ruth. Uh, we live in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is so far quiet. Uh, and when I say quiet, we 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 had in the first week sirens over here, and we had to kind of go quick to uh, to our uh, secured room and for the last two weeks we didn't have sirens but the concern is from our neighbors our local right uh, arabs that can turn Jerusalem. their face at any moment so um, that's kind of a bit heavy concern and uh, the situation in the south is that our ground troops are making um attacks in the northern part of gaza and they did last night and even now uh, we can hear uh, the the planes that going over there so probably tonight there's going to be more activity and that brought the northern border northern border to be also on fire at the moment so Um, the town where my parents live and my sister uh, was barraged with uh, some rockets so we are concerned also about them but uh, praise god they also have a secured room so and my parents are uh, in their 80s 86 and 81 and they are stubborn and so they refuse to to leave and they want to just to stay at home so we respect them and my father said that his father never never left the town and he never left the town at any war so he's going to stay at home and he's not afraid from them which I respect. Mm. Um, on another tone there is a I don't know if you followed the news but at the moment in some place in Russia um, a mob a Muslim mob just break into a into a airfield. And uh, they try to get any Jew that they can find over there because they heard that there are some Jews over there. And so they do kind of like a, they're trying to do a lynch over Jews over there. So there's a heavy feeling that uh, whatever whatever happened 85 years ago in Europe is kind of repeating in front of our eyes. So doesn't matter if we're Jews or not. We need to be very much awake for what is going on because... It won't take too long and it will be in LA and in Oregon and anywhere where there are Jews, they will be hunted. So it's not, that's why I said that it, it's tough because when you see what is going on and you feel it, it's, um, we have to look up, to look at the Lord and to trust that our refuge and help will come from him.
0: Amen. Well, all we yeah. love you and um, I know it's late over there, if we could just, bow our heads together and lift up a prayer here. Father, we thank you for Ruth and Yuval and just his faithfulness and keeping us informed, serving his people there, serving uh, the Christian community, his church. We pray for protection. Um, Lord, we know they have a heavy heart. Um, You you are the God of the, 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 the broken hearts. You see our heavy hearts. And we pray that you would just uh, give him and Ruth and Menno, the family there, the church family there, peace. Use them, Lord, to um, share Yahshua, to help their their countrymen now who seem to be more vulnerable and their hearts seem to be open. We pray that many would come to know you, Jesus. We pray for their safety, the safety of their congregation that have uh, put on the uniform, the safety of all these soldiers as well lord and and just protect them and as we've been praying um, you you showed yourself strong through so many battles as you stood for your people through the old testament even as we think about the six day war in 67 just the supernatural things that you did and we pray for that again in the days uh that we are in and in the days ahead and uh may you and uh, ruth know we love them and that we're here for them and and are supportive of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And, right.
1: and just one more thing. All the, today I went with our pastor to give um, some um, uh, winter equipment to the soldiers in the north, and everybody are appreciating everything that you as brothers and sisters, part of the tree that you were grafted in, are doing. So thank you, and we are standing together in all it, and we are going to win. Okay, because Jesus is walking.
0: I think they agreed. <laughs> so, okay, uh, yeah. I love you, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Sleep tight. I got to yeah. go. There's some yes. people that want me to finish okay. this Bible study. See ya. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. bye-bye. Ba-da. bye, bye. Yeah. We had Ruth on earlier. Uh, his wife we called the wrong number. Alan was up here working with me, and... She, was, she didn't know she was, like, live. She's in her house, hair, you know, the whole thing. It was great. And then um, I'm like, oh, uh, get a hold of you. And so we hung up on her, too. It was horrible. It was just a, a bad sequence of events. But um, since October 7th, it's, uh, I'm sure, on the forefront of your mind, um, 1,400 Israelis were just slaughtered, um, killed. We went over this a couple of weeks ago, 4,500 plus wounded, um, over 200 hostages taken back to Gaza, uh, 10 Americans. Um, it just, it just, it's just, it, it's unthinkable when we think back on that particular day and um, all of the, the bombs, all the rockets, I should say. To date, there's about uh, 500,000 Israelis displaced. And that's what I was talking with Minnow about and um, I was on a panel discussion. I'll get into that just a little bit with um, some government official stuff, not that I was invited to be part of again, but I, I was curious, like, like, are people giving attention to that as well? I think it's very, very uh, important. And we know that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu called up 300,000 uh, uh, troops, um, and they are mobilized uh, up on the north, as we, we talked about. This is just one map, but I wanted to just talk about Israel a little bit today. Talk about the conflict, bring some biblical perspective uh, in part two. But I wanted to give you a visual to understand what we're talking about. So this is uh, the nation of Israel here. I'll, I'll use my little green thing here. But the Gaza Strip is right here in purple. Okay, and The West Bank, we'll talk about that a little bit as well, is in purple. And then um, up here on the Golan, uh, I mean, excuse me, on the Lebanon border. So Israel is surrounded by uh, Egypt down here in the south. I'll show you another map of that. Uh, Jordan here. The Jordan River runs from uh, right around here, uh, Mount Hermon all the way through, divides Israel from Jordan. Uh, they have Egypt to the south, Jordan, and Syria, uh, and then Lebanon up here to the north. This is the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and so last uh, two weeks ago, we talked a bit about uh, Gaza and uh, what was going on. You know, in, in Gaza, uh, and just wanted to help you understand what that looks like. The Gaza Strip, as we hone in on that, is just this little piece right here. Um, and, and this map shows what we call Palestine. If you talk to somebody who sees Israel as an occupier, which they are not, we talked about that last week, then they would look at all of Israel and they would call it Palestine. And so today, the Palestinians are saying Israel's occupying the land. Since 1948, uh, we're not going to recognize them as a state. They do not deserve to exist. As I talk about this, I want to I make a couple of things very clear. We're going to talk about, if we have time, we're going we're to go back to this conflict, and we're going to go into God's word, and we're going to say, where did this conflict begin? And the, the conflict actually begins in the womb of a woman. And uh, how many of you guys know that the promise of the land we talked about last week was given to Abraham, right? We talked about that. Not through Ishmael, but through Isaac. The promise that God says, I will multiply your descendants, the promise of the land goes through Isaac. We went through that last week. We showed that God made a blood covenant with Abraham. What does that mean? That it's based on God. God says he'll do it. God says he's the originator of the covenant and God will see it through, that's the idea. And it's an eternal covenant. In other words, there's nothing that man can do to change that covenant. So God gave the land to Abraham through his descendants, Isaac, then Jacob. Interesting thing about Isaac, he marries, he marries Rebecca, and, and we know that she's barren, right? You guys remember, you got that story straight? Okay, she's barren, and she prays, or he prays, God, this is the promise, and she has twins. We'll get into that in a minute. And the, the conflict of these two people groups or nations begins in her womb. God said so. God said so. When she conceives, one of the boys is the first Jeremiah Johnson. He's hairy and red. And that is Esau. And he's the, he's the first one out. He would be the older. Jacob comes out, holding on to his heel. He'll catch her. God, in his providence... Said that the younger will serve, or that the, uh, the younger will, will, will be the leader of the older. The older will serve the younger. And the promise of the covenant was extended through Jacob. And so we're gonna get into this. We're gonna talk about, like, in modern day, what this looks like today. And as we do, I want you to keep in mind that, that there, there are two people groups, there are two nations. One would be what we would call uh, of Arab descent. And one would be of Hebrew descent. And I want you to know that when we talk about this, there are two categories of people that Jesus Christ came to die for. Both Jews, both Arabs. Amen? Amen. I'm going to say that again. And I want to hear a resounding, you get it. Jesus Christ came to die for the whole world, right? Jew, Gentile alike. You understand that? Right now, he loves Jew and Gentile alike. He loves us. And so if you are of Arab descent listening to this or here, I want you to know I'm giving you us a biblical perspective. What does the word of God say about what is going on right here? This isn't anything against one group. This is just to bring clarity to Americans, Christians living in America, who can be drawn in to sympathize with political views, right? Right? Yes, Christians in America will be drawn to sympathize with political views. And and if you haven't been watching the news right now, there are all kinds of people that are doing demonstrations around the world. And they are pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel demonstrations. And if you just understood God's word, if you just go back and understand what God said, who he promised his covenant to you would have a very different view of what's going on right now. And I believe that it's very important, not only in this pulpit, but in many pulpits today, to give clear, biblical, concise, precise answers to what is going on in the world today. I think it's very, very important. As Matt Mayer said last week, I don't know, I'll repeat it again, it's not what's going on in the world, it's what's going on in the Word. That's what's important. So, um, it's hard to watch. There will be... Arabs in our generation that are great people, good people. Palestinians that are great people and good people. There'll be Arabs that'll be saved. There'll be Jews in our lifetime, in in this generation, that are that are great people, good people, and will be saved. There'll be some Jews that will not. There'll be some Jews that aren't the best people. There'll be on both sides, you understand that. On both sides, there are there are those that are saved, there are those that are sinners. There are the, those that are good, there, there are those that are, are, are evil. But when we're looking at this from a general sense, I think it's very, very important to understand that with, um, among these nations that surround Israel, there are extremists. There are people that are not good. There are people that are, are terrorists. And they hate Israel. And as we're going to see, time permitting, it's not just their hatred is not just aimed at at Israel, it's aimed at any infidel, anybody who will not follow or adhere to their Islamic beliefs. Listen, I was talking to a member of the Knesset this week. I was invited to be part of a panel. Some pastors were invited. I'm the who's he guy, but I was invited. And this wonderful, fierce uh, member of the Knesset, Israeli government, by the name of, of uh, Sharon Haskell, she, she gave us 90 minutes of her time, and we were able to, to Q and A with her, and she wanted us to know as a church, understand, this is not a geographical war, this is a war of faith, and understand the enemy doesn't just have its sights set on Israel, the extermination and the elimination of Israel. That would be an Israeli jihad. This is a global jihad. Anybody that doesn't side with them is an infidel and doesn't deserve to exist. That's what's fueling this. And so these terrorist groups that we're talking about, um, Islamic jihad, uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, all of these are proxies of Iran. We'll tie all of this into the next couple of weeks because there is yet... Uh, a battle to be fought. There's a couple of battles that are yet to be fought where some of these players right now that we're talking about, I believe, are pieces to a puzzle, a puzzle that will make up this battle, a battle that we'll get to described in great detail in Ezekiel chapter 38 in chapter 39. It's a battle that is yet to take place. So I just want to go right from there and say this is a biblical overview, a biblical perspective Uh, on what has developed and transpired over the years into the the world stage, what we are seeing right now happening in in, in Israel. So um, that's that's important to understand. So if if you're here and you are of Arab descent, uh, you're Persian, whatever it might be, we love you, Jesus Christ loves you. Uh, We are trying to give uh, a biblical perspective again of what is going on. Um, Is that clear? Okay, because so I can say it again. Uh, so here we are, a picture of the, the, the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. If, uh, if you were an Israeli, you would look at the orange and say that's all of that's Israel. You'd recognize the West Bank and the Gaza Strip as being under Palestinian control. And uh, as we look at the, the size of Israel, uh, that's the state of California. If you were to stick Israel on that map, you could do it 18 times. Give you the size uh, of it's just a sliver of land. It's not. It, it is not very big. Big. It's 270 miles long, and it's about um, 85 miles wide at its widest point. Um, that is of Israel. Um, it has about uh, 9.3. Uh, 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 how many people was in that? There was my slide. Anyway, it's it's uh, it's about. It's about the size of LA County in, in the equivalence of, of, of the size there in LA County. Uh, 9.3 million people, I, I got something wrong there. Sorry about that. Um, we have, uh, California has 39 million people. So imagine the size of that, but LA County about 9.8 million people. So uh, this, is, this is where we're at. This is the nation of Israel. And a lot of people as they, they look at, what's, what's it like over there? We see some you know, reporters maybe standing, with uh, you know their, 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 their flak jacket on and their helmet and whatnot, it's just pressed on it. And we see behind them, maybe in the dark, some rockets going over and whatnot. But if you were to drive into uh, most of Israel, I mean, most of that country, um, it would look very deserty. If you went up north by the Lebanon border, that's where it becomes lush. That's where it's green, around um, the Sea of Galilee. And so I wanted just to show you some pictures. If you were to kind of drive with us down towards the south, where Gaza would be, heading down that way. You would head down towards the Dead Sea. You'd have Masada. It's a picture of Masada there. Looking down from Masada um, over the, the, the barren land, this is what Israel looks like down in the south. Um, these are pictures from around that area. Um, it's beautiful. If you like the desert and you like dry and you like hot, that's what it is. See, these are some of the roads we travel on as we drive through. Um, again, picture of Masada. I want to move through these kind of quickly because we've got a lot to get through. But just to give you a, a visual of what it looks like in that area. Um, we do kind of, we go to the Dead Sea. That's uh, not quite down by the Egyptian border. Um, the Red Sea is down by the Egyptian border. But um, as we go by the Dead Sea, as we drive by, it looks more like this. This is the Egyptian border. Um, here, um, as we get close to that area, uh, you'll, see, you'll see tanks. You'll see um, the, the Iron Dome set up. And eventually we make our way down to the most southern city of of Israel, which is Elot. If you look at your map, Elot's right down on the border of Egypt, it's on the Red Sea. Very beautiful city, but uh, if you flew over it, it would look something like that. It's just a desert on the Dead Sea with a beautiful port um, and a beautiful, uh, uh, it's a beautiful city. Uh, When we were there in June, we we drove to one end of uh, a peninsula and um, on the end of the peninsula, you can't see it. Sorry, in these pictures, but to the left of that picture, that landmass is Jordan, and then to the right of that is Saudi Arabia, and then to the far right over here is Egypt. So we're standing in Israel, looking at Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and Israel. It's kind of a, a fascinating, uh, you know, place uh, to, to to visit and to see. But just to give you a visual as you pray and as you think about this, we think about Gaza. Again, we talked briefly about this, but in 1948 to 1967, the Gaza Strip was, was occupied, uh, well, it was under the control of Egypt. Um, and they took control of the, 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 the area uh, at the Arab-Israeli War, um, also known, known as the, the War of Independence. In 1967, there was the Six-Day War. Want to read something fascinating? Read about the Six-Day War in Israel and and maybe even highlight the supernatural work of God in the Six-Day War of Israel. It's fascinating what God did, and we're praying for that even, uh, to show God to show himself strong these next few days to come. But in 1967, there was that Six-Day War where Israel gained control uh, of the Gaza Strip from Egypt. And what that meant was that... They would manage it. Egypt really didn't want it that bad as far as managing it, so Israel took care of them uh, as far as policing them, as far as helping them start and build hospitals, as far as managing their schools, all those kind of things. Israel was very much a humanitarian aid, but the Palestinians despised them. They hated them. They saw them as occupiers. They, 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 they thought the land, the whole entire land, was there. So in 2005, a lot of tension Israel. Uh, excuse me, Israel withdrew from that territory and left it, left Gaza in the hands of the Palestinians, their own authority. In 2006, this is important to understand, in 2006, Hamas, known by the Palestinians as a terrorist organization, they had elections, they allowed Hamas to go through the political process, and They recognized them, their legislative branch recognized them and gave them the authority of the Gaza Strip in 2006. From that particular time on, there's been five major conflicts between Gaza and Israel, all of those initiated by the leadership of, 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 of Gaza. Now, <coughs> excuse me that's the South, OK? When we move back up to the north, up here, so Gaza, I'm going to go to this map because I think we could all see it. This is the Gaza Strip here, okay? Um, now we're going to go all the way up north, some 270 miles. Well, not by that far from here, 270 from here. But from here, we're going to go up north, and that's the border, Mediterranean Sea, Lebanon here. We'll talk about the Golan Heights in just a minute. That This is Syria, this is Jordan, that's Lebanon. So as we move up north... Um, you kind of see the border uh, there a little bit more. Uh, there's, another, there's another terrorist group up there. You've been hearing about a lot of saber-rattling, a lot of rockets being shot from Lebanon from a group known as Hezbollah. And um, Lebanon is the home to Hezbollah, like Gaza is home to Hamas. And both are Islamic militant groups. They're terrorist groups. Uh, Hamas belongs to the Sunni branch, Um, Hezbollah belongs to the Shiite branch. Um, Hamas controls the Palestinian territory of Gaza and um, Hezbollah is based in Lebanon there. But um, Hezbollah means the party of Allah. It was founded in the 1980s. It's been designated as a terrorist group uh, by multiple countries including the United States and Israel. Uh, Hezbollah has operations in Africa and the Americas, also in Asia. It's been blamed for multiple, multiple terrorist attacks on Jewish people all around the world. Um, the group has also been very involved in the Syrian civil war, joining Iran and Russia in the support of Syria a few years ago. Um, and as we said, it's one of the many proxies of Iran. And prayerfully next week we'll get and talk in detail about Iran and it's the, the head of the snake and, and how they are why they are uh, behind all of these proxy um, terrorist groups. Um, but both Hezbollah and Hamas, um, they reject Israel's right to exist. And Iran has, has, has long been known to provide support and training and, and weapons to both um, groups. And so um, Israel sees Iran's role in all of this. And um, they are actually more concerned with what is going on in the north. All the focus is on Gaza right now, what's going on in the south. Um, That's where they're trying to deal with the hostage stuff right now. But they're more concerned, really, with the the military might and the power of Hezbollah up in the north. They have at least 150,000 rockets and missiles, many of them aimed at Israel right now, and many of them are long-range. And so um, as we look at that, I can move through um, some of the pictures. As we've been up north, this is up north on the, the border of Israel and uh, Lebanon. Um, and when you get to the border, if you're standing on the border, like standing on the top of La Heights looking over the city of industry, there's about a, a four-mile buffer zone, a safe zone, where they don't allow, Israel doesn't allow much activity and whatnot. Uh, but as we go there, um, it's, 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 I wouldn't go there today, but it's typically safe. But this is what it looks like as we're looking out. Uh, this is some of our groups who were just there in, in June um, looking out over Lebanon. Um, this is some of the Hezbollah, uh, just some pictures I've downloaded. I was not there to take these pictures, thank God. But uh, just to kind of give you an idea that they are a very serious force with a lot of rockets like this aimed towards Israel. Um, And uh, it's, 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 it's a pretty serious situation. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said last Sunday as he visited troops that were stationed near the border of Lebanon, and I quote, If Hezbollah decides to enter the war, it will miss the second Lebanon war. It will make the mistake of its life. We will cripple it with a fierce force, um, that it can't even imagine, and the consequences for it in the Lebanese uh, would be um, devastating. So, uh, very, very tense times, very serious, very serious times in that area. Um, the West Bank, as we look at this uh, picture here, well, maybe the next picture here. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, well, anyway, I'll get back to the right slides. These are, these are further pictures of, of the Golan Heights. Um, but um, in the West Bank, uh, that's in the middle of, of, of Israel, um, Israel conducted some airstrikes there in the West Bank this week. And um, in Syria as well, going after some Hamas leaders. Uh, there's also been a lot of activity in Iraq. Another Iran-backed proxy group named the Islamic uh, Resistance sent suicide drones to two American military bases um, in Iraq. They were shot down, but there were some, uh, some American soldiers that were injured and whatnot. And we'll, we'll see Iraq as well be a key player in that Ezekiel 38 war. So to see them, like, coming against Israel um, and not standing down, all of these are Pictures, I believe, pieces, I believe, of that Ezekiel 38 puzzle possibly coming um, into place. Um, In just the past three weeks, the U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria have been attacked almost 20 times. So Syria is coming into play. Iraq is coming into play. And um, so is Yemen. Yemen is an interesting, uh, you know, location. I don't know if I got that here. Let me see if I can get to... This is the Golan Heights. Let me, let me just stop here for a minute and um, look at the Golan Heights. The Golan Heights uh, is up north. Let me back up a couple of... Uh, let me go, uh, Hold on, hold on. Don't yell at me. All right. Uh, there, there you go. So the Golan Heights, this is the Sea of Galilee, the, the blue body of water there. Um, so Capernaum's up here. Uh, we spend a lot of our time touring around the Sea of Galilee. Um, the Golan Heights... We go up to the Golan Heights and we go to the Syrian border somewhere around here. Uh, but we also go up to the Lebanese border somewhere around here. Um, the Golan Heights is a, an interesting piece of, of, of Israel. Um, it's been um, recognized. Uh, it became. It's always been part of Israel, but it wasn't recognized by the UN and by a lot of the Arab nations as being part of Israel. Um, until recently, when President Bush was over there, we had the... Uh, uh, the moving of the embassy, the dedication of the embassy, then we had of course the, uh, the the abraham accord and 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 part of that was recognizing not officializing was officially part the golden Heights officially part of Israel, but it was like the u s recognizing that was a big, big deal, just like recognizing uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel by moving the the um, The embassy. Thank you. i got a lot on my mind right now. Moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to um, Jerusalem. So Golan Heights is a very, very pivotal piece of of property, and I'll show you why. As we drive up from the Sea of Galilee, up the Golan Heights, if you look over your shoulder, we're in a bus, you get pictures like this. It's very lush. It's farmland. It's beautiful. The headwaters of the Jordan start there. Mount Hermon, where Jesus was transfigured is up here, um, Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 said, who do men say that I am? And um, Peter got the question right. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Um, But this is is the Golan Heights. Um, You can see Syria to the next, to the right. And um, uh, yeah, and so the next picture, this is some people from the UN. Uh, They are there almost every day keeping an eye down below. They're looking down at Syria. We are standing there looking down At Syria, Um, (coughs) excuse me, Netanyahu was there. I believe earlier this year or later, the latter part of last year, um, he was there with some of our uh, people from uh, our government. Lindsey Graham and some others were there as well. Again, just recognizing it, symbolically standing there in the Golan Heights, recognizing it as part of Israel. Um, Here's some of our group. There, there's Yuval. Uh, and that's our group as we're giving Bible studies and the, the looking down at Syria uh, behind us. Um, and then as we drive down the road, you see all these tanks lined up. Um, you see all these military uh, you know, trenches and whatnot. And there's, there's, just, there's a lot of military presence up there. It's the Iron Dome. There's tanks all established in the area. So Yemen. Yemen is uh, another interesting player that's come into play. Uh, it's about 1,300 miles from Israel. That's Yemen right there. Uh, let me just get my... Uh, Israel's right here. That little dot and Yemen is right here. Um, there's a, uh, a, a a terrorist group. Um, we, would, we would almost name it Hutu. We'd say it that way. Israelis, they say with a khutus. Uh, you've always corrected me twice. But I can't get the ch quite right. But uh, they have missiles, long range missiles. And earlier this week, they fired four, if not five, long range missiles uh, towards the south end of Israel. Their goal, the the, the target was Eilat. Um, Eilat is kind of like our Palm Springs on the, on the Red Sea. In the summertime, it swells up probably 60,000 people plus more in tourists. Well, they have up to 60, even more thousand displaced Israelis, from all those kibbutz in the south, they've moved them all, many of them into lot, into the hotels, and people, they're taking care of them there. And so these terrorists from um, Yemen, they are shooting missiles. Thank God we have uh, the USS Carney, a Navy destroyer, destroyer in the Red Sea right now, and it was able to take down four of those missiles. We have another base in Syria that was able to take down one. Yesterday, they shot another one. It got right to the Egyptian border, very, very, very close. Very, very tense situation regarding Yemen as well. Um, and so we kind of move through uh, Saudi Arabia, we'll talk about that possibly next week, but we talk about Turkey as well. Um, on Wednesday, Turkey's president, um, Erdogan, he called Hamas a liberation group. Um, He said it was not a terrorist group. Uh, His criticism was very firm, very clear, and very precise as to where Turkey Turkey stands against Israel. And um, he warned all Western powers. The president of Turkey warned all Western powers that are supporting Israel militarily or financially. And he basically... He said, listen, I, I, I want you to know this is serious and we see you. And he basically said, you will not be spared from the consequences of Turkey. This is the president of Turkey. And that's important. Remember that. We'll repeat this again next week when we look at Turkey on the, the world stage as it relates to this particular confederation of nations that are going to come together in Ezekiel chapter 38 and come against Turkey. Um, Israel. Um, we know that, that, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that whole battle begins with God drawing Russia, Gog and Magog, the territory of Russia, <clears throat> the leader of Russia, um, into this particular battle. And with him will be these Arab nations. And um, quite interestingly enough, uh, Putin this last year did visit um, Iran and, uh, and, and standing next to him is the president of Turkey as well. And so there's a, there's a lot of political uh, posturing right now between nations, between leaders. Uh, but we're, again, going to look at God's Word and bring all of that underneath God's Word and help you understand uh, what in the world is happening in God's Word. Amen? That's what it's about. I'm giving you a lot of information, but it's all here and it's time to come out. Uh, this week, we, uh, I talked about having a, uh, an invitation to talk with um, a member of the Knesset. That's the Knesset building. Um, we drive past it in our tours through Jerusalem. Uh, there's the Knesset itself. Uh, here is member uh, Sharon, or Sharon, Sharon I believe it is. Uh, Haskell, very, very sweet um, lady. And um, she you know, basically uh, had a few things to say. She talked for quite a while. And um, she, she bore her soul. Um, she said to us on the panel and to all the pastors listening around the country, She says, um, October 7th was uh, unthinkable as a mother, um, as an Israeli, but to take part of my cabinet and uh, part of my leadership and to go down and to walk through the kibbutz and to hear the firsthand account, uh, she says, I want to describe some things to you. I won't repeat what she said to us, but it's the unthinkable. It's savagery. It's worse than things you've heard. Another thing she said is this. Well, let me finish. She, she, said, she said that, and then she began to ask, how can there be people in America, people in different countries, but I'm talking to Americans, that would celebrate this, that would stand on street corners and hold the, the Palestinian flag and, 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 and celebrate this and chant death to Israel. And she said it with such conviction, with such passion, with such pain in her eyes that when it was our time to kind of share, I, I raised my hand and I, I said, Member Haskell, if I, if I may, um, please, I go, we all know that none of this catches God by surprise. You are, as God's people, the apple of his eye. And we believe that God is for you. And, and we also want you to know that in America, don't picture America through the lens of what you describe. Also, throughout America, there are just good, red-blooded Americans that love you guys and are, and are standing with you guys. But then there's this thing called the church. I know, I got a bunch of pastors on the line right now. And I go, but many of us, hear me, Calvary La Habra, many of us, over the years, have unashamedly, regularly opened our Bibles with others carrying their Bibles and opening them with us. And we've walked through, from Genesis all the way through to the book of Revelation, we've walked through what God has to say about his redemptive plan and what God has to say about his people. So there are countless numbers of Christians and Christian churches in America that are standing with you, that are well-informed about your history and the promise that was given to Abraham. And we are, we are praying for you, and we are with you. I think that is very, very important to know. And so on behalf of our church, on behalf of our church, it was comforting to be able to say that to her. Um, she asked us to pray for her. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for our nation? And as she walked through the various things that really concerned her, she also mentioned us and the ignorance of our nation. She said, pray that the eyes of our people are drawn to unity because our government, October 6th and the days and years leading up to that, was just as divided as your government is today. But we are, since October 7th, united just like your country and like your government was on 9-11. Pray that that unity, please, pray that that unity grows. A house divided against itself will not stand. Pray that that grows. And pray for America. Because this is not a war over geography. Hear this, church. It's not a war over geography. If it was, land for peace would have created peace a long time ago when we gave land for peace. Land for peace only created more death for Israel. And so this is not a geographical battle. It's not a geographical war. This is a war of faith. And understand these extremists in the Islamic faith do not see a Jew left on the planet. It is not, hear me, it is not an Israeli jihad or a jihad against Israel. It is a global jihad. The call has went out from all the head imans. Any infidel, anyone who doesn't side with us and stand against us needs to be eliminated. America's Needs to know that we live with bombs, we live with missiles, we live with air raids every day from these people who want us eliminated. Please let your people know they are there too. This is a member of the Knesset speaking with tears in her eyes. Before we say, How can we pray? This is what she shared with me. Let's pray for this. This is big. These are the times that we're living in. I'm trying to be an alarmist. I'm trying to be a realist. So as we look at this, I thought it would be important to pray. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Member Haskell. We thank you for her conviction. Thank you for the time she gave us and sharing her heart with so many leaders, spiritual leaders, pastors in our great nation. We would ask, Lord, that you would... Open the eyes of America, as she even said. Pray for that. We pray that you would bring unity and keep unity throughout the nation of Israel. She asked us to pray for their young, for their soldiers, that they would come home to their families. We pray for that as well. She asked for protection, she asked for wisdom and guidance. We pray, Lord, that you would protect her and the leaders over there throughout Israel, that you would give them wisdom. Wisdom to navigate these very, very difficult waters. The military campaign, the, the PR campaign. And Lord, this is spiritual. So we pray that, oh Father, we pray that you would bring protection. And I would ask, Lord, as I just realize we're out of time right now, but I would ask that this week, as we see this unfold, possibly escalate, the south with Gaza, north with Lebanon, and with Syria, Lord, I, I, I would just pray that our, our hearts and our minds would be drawn to your word. And we would understand that, that, that this has been a battle that's been waged for centuries, for millennium. It really did. It started really in the womb of a woman and in the, the, the two countries were going at it and 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 that whole line from that day forward there's just been this hostility in this region between these people groups and we know that there are are amazing wonderful arabs and 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 palestinians that are just good people and we know that these extremists have taking strongholds and these terrorists. And we pray against that and against the evil of all of that and the the, the satanic oppression of all of that. We pray against Satan and and all that he is doing to to come against your people and and not just the the Jewish nation, but against all God-fearing people around the world. We pray for protection. Pray for wisdom, Lord. We pray that we would be compassionate and understanding as we see this this war unfold, that we would be not, it wouldn't be a a sympathetical response or a political response. It would be biblical as we stand with you knowing that our redemption draws nigh. And we pray this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's all stand. Got a lot to get through here, as you can see. I was this is first study got through all this. I don't know what you guys were thinking, but uh, we'll get here. Oh well, they lost that slide. But um, next week we'll talk just about. Um, there you have it. So this is this is what when you talk about the Middle East, you talk about Arab nations specifically. Um, th- this this is primarily Islamic, more Islamic um, people than not in all of these particular um, countries. I think I have another slide that uh, shows it as well. There you go. Um, just to kind of give you an idea. Um, and then we, we look at little, little Israel and its little slivery self right there. Kind of give you a picture of what they're surrounded by right now. And um, how many of you guys know that one with God is a majority? Okay. So, church. As in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, Matthew chapter 24, we hear about wars. We hear about rumors of wars. We hear about pestilence and violence. And we hear about the love of many waxing cold. We think about our Redeemer, our soon-coming King, Jesus. I appeal to you who don't know him. Don't leave this place without giving your life to him. He's coming back. It would be great if he came back and he was your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. And um, the enemy is not happy when the body of Christ is unified. The enemy is a divider. He's a spoiler. He's a separator. He hates us. And he hates anything that unites us. The word of God unites us. Okay, The word of God. We are one. We're blood-bought. We're redeemed. We are one family. He's the head. We're many different members. And the enemy's not happy with this. He would love infighting amongst the ranks. He would love to see political views creep in. And just divide us. And turn us against one another. He'd love that. He'd love our pride and our ego to get in. He'd love us to take our sights and our focus off of the main thing. What is the main thing? Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's coming back. Amen. So I'm going to have some people up front here. Some of my leaders are going to be up front. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can come up here. Or if you want prayer for anything, they'll be up here and they'll pray with you. There's a, for all of you that are new here, we have a lunch for you. If you're a newcomer here down in the cafe... I'll be down there. Maybe I'll finish my sermon down there. That's what I'll do. But uh, we'll be down in the cafe. We've got food for you. I'll meet you down there, and i got to be down there. But please come up here and pray. If you are online and you're listening to this, and you're like, man, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ, call our church number right now, 714-446-6222. Someone down there, I don't know who they are, but someone better go tell them. Pray the sinner's prayer with them and accept Jesus Christ. We love you guys.